Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance, and we're going to give the Goodyear Hotline a workout today. Lewis Riddick talking football in 15 minutes. The legend, Patrick Ewing, in an hour and a half as our NBA Legends Week continues. The big fella will join us. We got who you got with Bubba. The green list is Fuego. Here we go. Here we go. Only one place to start. And and it is only one place I want to start very briefly, and then I will get into what I think is actually the most interesting thing today. But the NBA just cannot catch a break. Got the note this morning, Kevin Durant is not going to play tonight in L.A. You get two shots at LeBron versus KD a year now that they are in different conferences. And here's your one tonight, and the game is on TNT, and you're just not going to get it. It does look like Kyrie will play. But look, the bottom line of it is the NBA needs these marquee games. They need these marquee moments. Lakers-Nets right now is the best thing you could possibly have. And LeBron against Kevin Durant, even more than against Kyrie. I get people want to make it LeBron against Kyrie because of the way they fell out at the end of the time together in Cleveland. But that only lasts for the pregame. Once the game begins, you want to see LeBron James and Kevin Durant one more time. And we will not see it tonight. So that is a shame. Um, again, I do expect, or it is expected, that Kyrie will play. We will see, but it will be Brooklyn against the Lakers. Tonight, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance, making it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. Meanwhile, to what I really wanted to get to. I'm sorry, what? 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 I'm sorry, what? what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? Tom Brady has fired back on his critics, and there is only one thing about it that makes me mad, and that is this. How can someone so good at football also be this good at Twitter? You aren't supposed to be the best at two things. It's like if Michael Jordan really had made the PGA Tour when he dreamt of that at one point. We all said you can't be the best basketball player ever and be good enough at golf to make the PGA Tour. Well, it turns out he didn't. But Brady owns social media. His post after the drunk fest celebration on the water in Tampa was absolutely perfect. You know what I'm talking about, the avocado tequila tweet. And this one is great. I love it. In case you missed it, and we don't have the rights to air it for you here, but Tom Brady posted on Twitter a piece, like a 60-second video, with all these different voices, some of which you would recognize, some that I did not, calling him out, basically questioning, he's done, he's finished, he's all these things, all the doubters, all the naysayers over the course of the last few years, and even probably the last few months, about Tom Brady. And he posted that with a caption, I love talk radio. And I, I guess a lot of people have come and asked me what I think of it, because I am one who has been doing sports talk radio about as long as it has been around. And so my answer is incredibly simple. I love it. And there's no reason anyone shouldn't. I have said this before and I will say it again. Our job is to put our opinions out there. And there is nothing wrong with having them shoved back in our faces. The sensitivity of people in this industry sometimes amazes me. So gather around, one and all. Because everyone wants to be in this business now. I started out as a sports announcer at a time when everyone thought that was a crazy thing to want to be. I was in high school when my grandmother, an immigrant from Poland who came to this country penniless, asked me, Michael, what do you want to do for a living when you grow up? And I said, I want to be a sports announcer. And she said, and I quote, 
Why can't you be something good? That's what people thought of being a sports announcer when I first decided it sounded like a good idea. Now everyone wants to be a sports announcer. I don't ever go a day without someone telling me they got a niece, they got a nephew, they got a cousin. Someone wants to be in this industry. Do I have any advice? Well, yes, I do. Here's my advice. Your job is to put your work out into the public and let other people judge it. And if you cannot handle that, you are in the wrong line of work. It is that simple. And this situation with Brady makes me think of Antoine Winfield Jr., his teammate. Remember what happened? Kansas City and Tampa Bay played each other. Week, whatever it was, 12. And Tyreek Hill obliterated, obliterated the Tampa Bay secondary. 200 and something receiving yards in the first quarter. And he did his signature move. He flashed the deuces as he went into the end zone one of those times. Did a backflip into the end zone another of those times. Well, so when you all saw it in the Super Bowl, Antoine Winfield Jr., after a big play on defense that basically sealed the game, ran right over to the face of Tyreek Hill and flashed the deuces at him. And they called it for taunting. They actually fined him for that in the Super Bowl. So let us make this Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. How on earth can that be taunting if when Tyreek Hill did it the first time, it wasn't? It is impossible to say that Tyreek Hill doing it directly in the face, even more so doing it while a play is going on as you're running into the end zone, is definitively more humiliating to the opponent than doing it after a play. So the idea... And again, I have no problem with either of them. This is football. It's a game. They're having fun. They're f- live with it. Do your thing. You do your thing, Tyreek, and you do your thing, Antoine. i got no issue either way. But what is completely inconsistent to me is that one of them would be taunting and the other one would not. And by the very same token, how can Brady firing back on Sports Talk Voices be wrong if we were the ones firing in the first place? So nothing I said was on that video. But if it had been, I would have had no issue with it whatsoever. In fact, I will make you the following prediction, having been around the block in this line of work as long as I have. Every single person who does what I do for a living watched that video yesterday with the same thought in mind. I wonder if my voice will be on it. And I promise you, far more people were hoping they would than hoping they wouldn't. So good for him. This whole thing is a game and he is dominating it. And I, for one, admire it. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Meanwhile, the scoop. Very quickly, did you see how much money Fernando Tatis just signed for? Fernando Tatis Jr., superstar baseball player. And I want to correct something I said on Get Up this morning. I said he was only 24 years old. I inadvertently gave him two more years. He's only 22. He's 22, and he has signed a contract 14 years, $340 million. If you have a child with athletic activity or athletic ability, make sure that kid plays baseball. By the way, while you're at it, tie his right arm behind his back and make sure he's left-handed because then he might become a pitcher. But either way, the money for position players in baseball, the top 10 active baseball contracts, total value is over $3.4 billion, which will make me a little skeptical. Next time I hear the people who own all these teams telling us just how much financial difficulty they're having right now. 
Uh, we are just getting started. As I mentioned, Patrick Ewing will join me coming up later. My brother named his hamster Patrick once upon a time. So in case you're wondering how big a fan we were of Patrick Ewing when I was growing up, there's your answer. Plus, Lewis Riddick is talking football next. We're just getting started. I, I, just delighted that you are here. I am Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests, as always, on the Goodyear Hotline would include Patrick Ewing, who will join me a little over an hour from now. I keep saying it. My brother named his hamster Patrick in honor of the great Patrick Ewing. He'll join me later today. Lewis Riddick talking football in exactly 30 seconds after these words from Granger. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24 7 support, free access to product specialists, and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call them at 1 800 Granger, click Granger.com, or just stop on by. All right, there is never anything I love more than talking football with the one and only Lewis Riddick, who joins me here on ESPN Radio. Good morning, Lewis Riddick. Greeny, what's up, my man? Well, here's the good news for people like me. The NFL has become a 52-week-a-year conversation. And, and, and the hot stove situation in pro football right now is, I think, more interesting than that in any other sport. And it all revolves around the quarterback. So the biggest name in all this clearly is Deshaun. What is your read on the whole Deshaun Watson situation, why we are where we are and where he's going? Well, why we are where we are, Greeny, is simply a matter of trust. And I think people need to start wrapping their heads around the fact that players nowadays, they recognize, number one, the kind of power and influence, especially at the quarterback position as it pertains to football that they have and the way that they can affect franchises. Look, we spend all our time talking about it every day, right, in our profession. We're talking about quarterback movement, quarterback carousel. Players see this. Players are watching ESPN. 
players are talking to agents and marketing reps, and they understand the power and the influence that they have. So that, that's number one. Number two, I think we are just in a day and age where now, because a lot of the conversation in sports is a lot of times centered around fit and compatibility and relationships and trust, that is something that people think, I think mistakenly that players don't necessarily care about. And it's all about the dollar and it's all about just how, how rich they can get and how much they can take care of their families. And that's important. Don't get me wrong. It's important to all of us, Mm -hmm. but players care about relationships, man. They just do because they understand that good quality relationships help foster their ability to achieve greatness, achieve financial, you know, generational, you know, type of wealth and take care of their families. And I think with Deshaun, that's what we're looking at here. Now, what people will say, well, he's got his money. What's he, what's he worried about? What, why does he care? Well, it's, it's bigger than just the money now. Yeah, he has the money, but it's about trust. And they violated his trust. Whether or not you will disagree with that or agree with that isn't really, the, isn't really the point. He feels that way. It's clear he feels that way. That's why we're here. That's why he's saying, look, this is a bridge that, from outside looking in, from my perspective, it's a bridge that's been burned and can't be repaired. Mm. He wants to start over. He wants to go somewhere where he can continue to build his legacy and be around people that he trusts because where there's smoke, there's fire. He's not the only one who wanted out of Houston. He's not the only one that has been quote unquote disrespected in Houston. And so people need to wrap their minds around that and get used to that because that's the new paradigm that we're really dealing with here when it comes to the modern day athlete. And then as far as where you think he's likeliest to go, everyone is throwing out all these possibilities. Uh, As a fan of the Jets, I am rooting like crazy for that to happen. We hear the Dolphins. We hear the Panthers. We hear the Broncos. What what is your sense, if any, of what might happen here? I, I, Greeny, I tell you what, every day, you know, I I mean, I I watch you. I watch you on Get Up. I I see the guys, what they're talking about. And I'm, I'm, I'm talking to people in the league and asking them to, I really don't know where he's going to go. I really think for him and for, let's just say for the Texans in particular, mm-hmm. I think for them, it's really, it's a, it's a situation of just how, how desperate is a team going to be in terms of their desire to acquire him. I and mean, when you, when you hear this, this, this uh, scenario thrown out there, as far as Carolina, three number ones plus tri- Christian McCaffrey. I mean, if that's, that's a pretty rich price. So if I'm if I'm uh, Nick Casario, the GM down there in Houston, I'm sitting there going, well, who's next? Who's going to top that? Because quite honestly, I don't have to do anything. I really don't have to do anything right now. I can sit here and wait and just continue to let this momentum build and build and build until I get an offer that's just so ridiculous, so Herschel Walker-esque in terms of what Jimmy Johnson got from the Minnesota Vikings back in the 90s, that I don't have to do anything. And I, I think <clears> – <throat> Look, I, I think there's, there's – whereas I love Deshaun and I love everything he brings. Look, I, I'm one of those guys who really does look big picture and thinks about team building on a much more macro scale. And if you're going to give up that many assets in order to acquire one player, as, as important as he is, you better be damn sure that you have the personnel department, the coaching staff, the developmental program that will be able to help build out the rest of your football team with a diminished number of assets in a way that is still championship caliber. You better be damn sure you do that because that is an all-in type of thing, man. And when when you think about all-in type of moves like that, I'll tell you what, this is the team that comes to mind for me, honestly. Mm -hmm. In Chicago, Chicago, you have a coach who everybody knows that I'm very close with and a GM 
who know that this year it's make or break. It's do something good, do something spectacular, or we're probably out of here. If I'm them, I'm not necessarily worried about the next year or the long term. I'm saying, okay, knowing that that's the confines with which I'm operating, those are the confines with which I'm operating, I'm trying to make a, as big a move that I feel as though can give our football team the biggest boost and put us on the road to doing something special. That's the team. If I'm going to go all in, that's the team that should go all in. And I wouldn't be surprised if they do. We'll see. It's a really interesting possibility. Greeny and Lewis Riddick, who is with me on the Goodyear hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. Have you started looking at the rookies yet? The world knows about Trevor Lawrence, but these other guys, particularly Zach Wilson, the people are excited about. Obviously, you will be um, hosting the draft for us as, as every year. Have you started looking mm-hmm. at them closely yet? I've, I've, I've started to. I've started to. Look, I think, obviously, I, I've spent a lot of time looking at Mac Jones and was down there at the Senior Bowl mm-hmm. and watched him closely down there and, quite, and just read an article that Eric Edholm from Yahoo Sports just wrote, and he asked June Jones, the, the former Atlanta Falcons head coach and you know one of the pioneers of the run and shoot about the quarterbacks that he liked and how he ranked them. And lo and behold, who did June Jones say he liked better than all of them, Mac Jones mm. from the University of Alabama. And he went into this long, detailed description about why he liked him and how Mac uses his eyes and how, just how good he is as far as throwing the deep ball and why he's so good throwing the deep ball and the context with which he performed at Alabama. That's the guy who, for me, I'm doing the most digging on right now. And I understand the love for Zach Wilson, and I've looked at him a little bit, and he is, he is dynamic, and I, and I see all the Patrick Mahomes comparisons, and I know what Trevor Lawrence is considered can't miss, et cetera, et cetera, and, and I get it. But, the, but Mac Jones is really the one that's most interesting to me right now because of some of the things that people who I really respect are saying about him. And June is one of the people who I respect. I played for June down in Atlanta, and he's coached some of the greats, some of the greats to ever sling it around. So I'm, I'm really, really starting to get started on that right now, Greeny. And believe me, I'll have a lot more to say about it. But let's just keep an eye on that quarterback from Alabama. Oh, for sure. I've been talking about him for a little while, and I will continue to make the connection. And no one knows this better than you, Greeny and Lewis Riddick. And for those who don't know, Lewis played for the Cleveland Browns at a time that Bill Belichick was your head coach and Nick Saban was your defensive coordinator. Those two guys have a very Mm -hmm. close relationship. And I continue to wonder if Bill will not try and find a way to get Mac Jones. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised at all. I mean, I, I don't – here's the thing. You know, I, I, I need to try and get in contact with Bill, although Bill wouldn't tell me a darn thing anyway. But, I mean, <laughs> just like what does he – what does he think about a player like him relative to today's game? Is he's one of these people who believes that, oh, you can't, you can't live without a dual-threat player. You can't live without someone who can make plays outside the pocket and run like the wind and throw the ball sidearm 50 yards on a rope like Patrick. See, I don't necessarily believe that. I don't believe that the game has to have – that kind of quarterback in either in order to be successful at a high level. I just don't. So I, I'm very much so interested to hear, you know, what those types of coaches, those coaches who I revere and respect really think about where quarterback play is headed and what you need in order, in order to win. And going back to Carolina, when we were talking about Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. look, Matt rule coached Mac Jones in the senior bowl. He was sitting right there every day watching this young man play. I mean, and they're sitting right at a spot where, Look, Matt could be available. And I, I'd just be interested to, think, to hear what he believes 
Mac Jones is worth relative to what they would have to give up and the price they would have to pay to get a Deshaun Watson and how that would handicap everything else they're trying to do with their football team. See, those are the kind of conversations that I can't wait to have with people as we move forward to towards the draft because team building, to me, it, it seems like it's become almost like dumbed down to the point of, you know, every other position be damned. You just better sell out and get a quarterback. I don't care what you have to give up because without it, you can't win. And just a little while ago, wasn't it? Let's just find the good young rookie quarterback so you have a lot of salary cap space to build out the rest of the 53-man roster. Wasn't that the, the hip idea just recently as six months ago, a yes. year ago? Yes. Now it's just sell the farm and get a great quarterback and we'll just figure out the rest of it. It's, it's funny how this stuff kind of swings back and forth, which leads me to believe that you know, sometimes I don't know if anybody knows what they're talking about when it comes to this because it's kind of one or the other, and it's just so dramatic in terms of the swing. So these are all going to be great conversations, though. Uh, and look, and, and that's how I began this conversation, is that this is the best right now, the best offseason, the best hot stove of any of the sports is the one sport that always was the worst, which is football, because this entire thing is going <laughs> on, and we'll be covering it. Lewis, always a pleasure. Thank you, my friend. I'll see you soon. You got it, bud. Thanks. That's the great Lewis Riddick with me here on ESPN Radio. Who's? I mean, you don't need me to tell you how great he is. He's as good with this stuff as anybody. And that is a fascinating thought. If if you're a team that is looking for a quarterback, and it's no secret that I'm looking for one as a fan, do you feel good about trying to go out and 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 sell the farm, sell what it takes to try and get a guy like Deshaun Watson? Or would you rather roll the dice with one of these rookies who, A, you don't have to give up all of what you're giving up to get them, and B, are a lot cheaper? With the rookie salary cap now, it's sort of comparatively cheap labor in the NFL, these young players. I, I want to quickly say one thing, too, about what Lewis said about the Bears situation. The Bears situation is terrible, and here's why. Because Lewis is exactly right. The general manager there, Ryan Pace, and the coach there, Matt Nagy, both know that if they don't get everything right immediately, they're getting fired. And that is not a good recipe for success. When you're running a, a, an organization of any kind, this is obviously something that goes well beyond sports. You've got to have one eye on the present and one eye on the future. So by putting a guy, the general manager, I, I, I'm going to say his name, Ryan Pace, but this would be the case with anyone. By putting him in the position where he is essentially a lame duck, what you're basically telling him is, you, you, it is in your own best interest, you are going to mortgage the future of this, uh, of this franchise if you want to, with no detriment to yourself. If you're Ryan Pace right now in Chicago, why wouldn't you give up three first-round picks to get to Sean Watson? That's overwhelmingly your best chance of winning next year. Those other first-round picks aren't doing anything for multiple years. And if you don't win games this coming year, you're getting fired. So that's why having people in lame-duck positions is just bad business. Just bad. It's just bad management. It's just organizational mismanagement. It's dysfunction. And it's bad. And it's bad in any business. Anyone who runs any business should know that and see that. And so they've handled that badly there. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see them give up more than any other team is willing to give up because there are obvious reasons why they might. Half past the hour, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Next order of business. I'm sorry, what? what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? All right, Kevin Colbert is the general manager of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Did you hear his comments about Ben Roethlisberger coming back? I mean, to call this a tepid endorsement 
would be an insult to tepid endorsements everywhere. Listen to this. As we sit here today, Ben is a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, He met with Art Rooney. He went with Coach Tomlin. He met with myself Uh, shortly after the season ended. uh, He reiterated that to us, that he wants to continue to play. We told him, quite frankly, we have to look at this current situation. With Ben's current uh, cap number, um, some adjustment will have to be made, and we anticipate that he could still do some good things moving forward. So hopefully there's a way that we can try to figure out and do what's best for the organization and do what's best for Ben. Holy smoke. Did you hear the word choice? As we sit here today, does that sound familiar? That's exactly what Les Snead said about Jared Goff. And less than a week later, Jared Goff was a Detroit Lion as we sit here today, could still do things. Not we anticipate Ben will still do great things for this organization, could still do great things for this organization. I'm not a big believer in coincidences or accidents. I don't think almost anything is a coincidence, and I don't think almost anything happens by accident. Those words were purposefully chosen, and they were sending a message, a big message. To the fans and to Ben, the message to the fans is you may not have this quarterback back next year. We are very, we are preparing you for the possibility that Ben Roethlisberger will no longer be the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers going forward. And the message to Ben is exactly the same. You may not be the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers going forward. And that would really be something. The end of an era. All those years. But at some point, you got to turn the page Maybe that time has come in Pittsburgh. Greeny with you. Patrick Ewing is on the way. But right now, time for the list. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The Green List. All right, I am so excited about today's Green List. And if I told you all how much time we spent. So Bubba, jump on here, my disheveled board operator, Brendan Bubba Peregrine. How much time did we spend on our group chat last night? narrowing down the focus of today's green list. I, I'm going to put the over-under at 90 minutes. Well, you have to be more specific because we had a little confusion with Nuno for a while there. Um, but, yeah, I'd say uh, it was a good hour and a half. It was a and, good uh, hour and way, a half. You have some clips on uh, page one. You're, you're correct, by the way, that Nuno, the producer of this show, kept changing the chat. He kept responding to texts in a different chat, which confused me. Oh, but that's it was a, ridiculous. It was ridiculous. But there's a different topic for a different day. And here's where we ultimately wound up. It was worth the work. I wanted to do something Patrick Ewing related. And Patrick Ewing, maybe the most famous thing that people associate with him in the NBA is that he was the first pick in the first ever draft lottery. Remember the first ever NBA draft lottery? People thought it was a frozen envelope, all that stuff. 1985. So the question is this. Of all the number one picks in the draft lottery era who didn't win an NBA championship, who were the five best players? The five best number one overall picks in the lottery era not to win a championship. Number five. Number five is Chris Webber. Chris Webber was the number one pick overall in 1993. He was drafted by Orlando, flipped to the Warriors. He was the rookie of the year. He was a five-time All-Star. He was All-NBA first team in 2001. Played in two conference finals. Never made the NBA finals, much less winning a championship. He averaged 21 points, 10 boards, and 4 assists for his career. He was a terrific player. 
He was an unbelievable college player, and he was a terrific NBA player. It was a tough choice for me between Chris Webber and Blake Griffin at number five. I decided, I split the, the, the difference. I went with C. Webb at number five of the best number one overall picks in the draft lottery era not to win the championship. Number four. Four is Derrick Rose. And I went D. Rose over Chris Webber because he won an MVP. You win an MVP in the NBA, that's a big deal. You were the best player in the sport for a season. That's a very big deal. He was the MVP in the 2011 season, averaging 25 points, almost eight assists. Bulls won 62 games that year. He was All-NBA first team in 2011, three-time All-Star, led the Bulls to the Eastern Conference Finals in 2011. The injuries, he's never been the same since. Never been the same since. But sometimes I think because he's been around so much longer, we forget just how good Derrick Rose was at his best. He was unbelievable. He is number four on today's list. Number three. All right, number three is Larry Johnson. Grandmama, you may remember the legendary commercial campaign. And people, I think to this day, sort of remember him as a Nick. And obviously he had the very famous four-point play. 11 and 9, 10 seconds to go. Ward with a pass tip but handled by Johnson. Johnson is three-point territory but guarded tightly. Johnson cuts left. Now fires a three. And it's good! And he's fouled! It counts! And he is fouled! Larry Johnson looking for the lead. The free throw is good! It's Marv Albert's call on NBC Sports. Larry Johnson with a four-point play that helped propel the New York Knicks to the finals. Again, didn't win a championship. That was his only trip to the finals. But he was a great player in Charlotte. I think people don't remember him and Alonzo together in Charlotte, but they were very good. And so Larry Johnson is number three on today's green list of the best players, number one overall picks, not to win a championship in the lottery era. Number two. Two is Ewing. Number two is Patrick Ewing of the New York Knicks, Rookie of the Year, 11-time All-Star, All-NBA team multiple times. Uh, And you don't need me to tell you how great a player Patrick Ewing was. Patrick Ewing is very near the top of the list of the greatest players ever not to win a championship without, without narrowing it down to anything. He's there with Carl Malone and Charles Barkley and others. But he isn't number one on today's list. There was one player who was the number one overall pick in the lottery era and never won a championship that I have ahead of him. I always look at our stage manager, Brandon, to see if you've got it. I see the look of confusion on your face. Can you guess who it is? Here we go. Number one. Number one. We're in here talking about practice. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. Allen Iverson, 27.5 points, six assists for his career. MVP of the league in 2001, 11-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA first team, four-time scoring champ. No debate about it. Allen Iverson is number one on this list. He deserves it. I love Patrick Ewing, but I can't argue Ewing's career over Allen Iverson. And so that is today's green list, the five best overall number one picks in the lottery era not to win the championship. Five is C-Webb. Four is D. Rose. Three is LJ. Two is Patrick Ewing. And number one is Allen Iverson. And I will always think of Iverson, by the way, fondly because I was hosting SportsCenter the day of the practice rant. I tossed to it live. I apologized for the language when we came back. (laughs) But it was the most riveting. It went on for like 15 minutes. It was the most riveting thing you've ever seen in your entire life. Allen Iverson, number one on today's list. Patrick Ewing coming up as we continue. Back in a flash, ESPN Radio.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right, I'll say it. Who you got? All right, it's time for Who You Got here on ESPN Radio with me, Greeny, and him, Bubba, my disheveled board operator, has compiled a list of questions he will ask me, and I will have to choose who I've got. Hello again, Bubba. Yeah, hello. We're back. All right, what do we got? We got Who You Got, and it's brought to you by Granger. We'll start in the NFL, and you can either have Marcus Mariota, Ben Roethlisberger, or Carson Wentz this upcoming season. Who you got? Mariota Wentz. Would it be ridiculous for me to say Mariota? Like, like, I think that's where I'm leaning. Mariota came out of college with as much fanfare and promise as practically any rookie quarterback. He was the second pick behind Jameis. He tore the league up in his first game. I think he threw four touchdowns. I remember John Gruden raving about him on Mike and Mike. Now, Gruden raved about every quarterback, basically. But Wentz is a mess. Ben, I think, looks washed. I, I, I mean, I love Roethlisberger, but I guess I would say under the right circumstances, I guess I would say Mariota. I think there's a higher ceiling in that circumstance, and that's you're asking it because it's one of the things that Field Yates has up on a column that I'm going to talk about a little later. He's projecting Mariota to go to New England and play for Bill. I will go Mariota, as ridiculous as that sounds. Bubba, what's next? J.J. Watt, he's a free agent for the first time in his career. He could go home to the Packers, play with his brothers in Pittsburgh, maybe go to Tampa Bay. Who you got is the best fit or option for J.J. Watt? Okay, so I changed my mind on this this morning because Field Yates made a good point. I thought it was time for J.J. to go ring chasing. Just go find the best place you can. You've made a lot of money. Go find the best place you can to give yourself the best chance of winning a ring. Field Yates said... There are teams out there that will still pay him a lot of money. So I think his aim should be to thread that needle. Go to a place where they'll pay him a lot of money, and he has a chance to win a ring. And that place is Cleveland. The Cleveland Browns give him a real shot, especially on the other end, lining up on the other side for Miles Garrett. They are a team on the come. They give him a real chance, and they've got the money to spend. So I'm going to say threading the needle between getting paid and chasing a ring. The best landing spot for J.J. Watt is the Cleveland Browns. It's who you got with Greeny and Bubba on ESPN Radio. Bubs, what's next? All right, to the NBA, and which big three will be more successful in the end? Steph, Clay, Durant, or Kyrie, Durant, and Harden? Who you got? Well, if the only there's only one reasonable way to measure success at that level, and that is by winning championships. The guys in Golden State won two. So in order to be more successful, they're going to have to win three championships in Brooklyn. I'm going to guess they will not do that. I'm going to guess they will win 
I'm not a big fan of the push. I'm going to choose one or the other. I'm going to say... I'm going to say Golden State. I'm going to say the Golden State trio is going to wind up with more chance. The, the, the Nets will not win. I'm going to put the over-under on championships for the Nets at two. I don't think they'll win three. And if I had to pick one way or the other, I'd go under. So I will say that in the end, Steph, Clay, and KD will be the more successful big three. Bubba, what's next? All right. Filmmaker John Hughes would have turned 71 today, and he wrote quite a few great movies. Vacation. Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Uncle Buck. That's just a few of them. What's your favorite John Hughes movie? Who you got? Uh, and you left out some classic. Oh, now, I mean, there's too many to name. This is exactly my era. Pretty in Pink is is one of his movies. Sixteen Candles is one of his movies. You you have stepped right into my era here. You are directly in my wheelhouse with this, Bubba. I've given this a lot of thought. I can actually rank them one, two, and three for you. Want me to give you the top three rankings? Let's do it. You want them in top three order? Number three. Number three is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is not only incredibly funny with Steve Martin and John Candy, but it's a beautiful movie. It is beautifully acted, and there are there is real emotion in it. And in fact, I've read a lot about that movie. There are so much of it that they cut out at the end. Can, is, is, can I say spoiler alert about a movie that's 30 years old? I mean, can I say how it ends? You know, when you find out that John Candy's wife is actually dead, it, it, it is it is a beautiful movie, in addition to being incredibly funny and brilliantly acted. So that, to me, of that list is number three. Number two. Number two is The Breakfast Club, because I think that is so timeless. And I will give you my reasoning for why. That movie came out when I was a senior in high school. The movie came out in 85. I was a senior in high school in 1985. That movie perfectly captured my state of mind as a high school senior. Do you know who else feels that way? My children believe that movie perfectly captures their state of mind as high schoolers. My daughter is now in her second year of college. My son is a high school senior. So if you've made a high school angst movie, a teen angst movie that completely resonated in 1985 and continues to resonate 35 years later, that's a brilliant movie. So that's number two. Number one. But number one is Ferris, Bue- Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ferris Bueller's Day Off is a classic. Ferris Bueller's Day Off is one of my absolute favorite movies of any genre by any filmmaker ever. I love Matthew Broderick to this day. And I will tell you this. When we took Stevie, I don't know if I have time to tell this story. We took Stevie on a college visit. You know what? I'm going to hold it. I'm going to hold it off the top of the hour. I've got a great personal Matthew Broderick story <laughs> that, that you will really love. Uh, and it has nothing to do with it. I mean, I, I don't know Matthew Broderick. This is, I'm not name dropping. We were, we happened to be in the same place at the same time, purely by chance. But I, who I, at this stage of my life, I don't get easily starstruck. I was in the same room as Ferris Bueller. I was pretty excited. Bubba, the sponsor. Who you got? Brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is always there to help. Call clickgranger.com slash safety or just stop by. That's well done. Thank you, Granger, for being a part of this outstanding feature. Patrick Ewing in our next hour. Stay there. Greeny, the podcast.